Transparency Talks Podcast is brought to you today by O'Brien Garage Doors. Having garage door issues? Even if you're not at this moment, check out O'Brien Garage Doors. They're a family-owned and operated garage door company that provides residential garage door services, including repairs, sales, installation services, and more. You can visit them at obriendoor.com. Whether your overhead door or operator needs to be repaired or you need to buy new ones, we service and sell all brands and models of quality garage doors and automatic garage door openers. We have been proudly serving our customers for over 30 years and are dedicated to providing them with friendly, honest service. Our technicians are certified and trained to take care of all your garage door needs and are always courteous and happy to help. Call 888-973-0061 or visit obriandoor.com. That's obriandoor.com. Welcome everybody to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. Listen, today is an amazing day. Make sure that you are elevating your mind. Do something creative with your life. We have a special show. What we're going to do is I'm going to flip the script because a lot of people have asked my story they've asked me to talk about myself and it's kind of hard to talk about your own self so I have a co-host Terrence Hutchinson who is going to ask me questions so that you can get up close and personal with Butterby Rocker so with that being said Terrence take it away hey thank you so much Butterby Rocker uh, my name is Terrence Hudson, and I am uh, the host of the Your Best Lifestyles International podcast. It's an honor to be here on your show to really interview this wonderful, wonderful, iconic person, Barnaby Rocker, who's highly versatile, international acclaimed, international recording artist and songwriter. Her career includes a work of public actress and model. She's also the best-selling author of Fear of Failure, a playwright of the hit play, I cheated so what? An editor-in-chief of a brilliantly put together teen magazine called The Fine Ones Teen Magazine and the host, obviously, of the, her own podcast, Transparency Talks, and the founder of her foundation, Artist Rock, the Mike Foundation. So we're happy to have her here. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your podcast and really shining some light on this remarkable uh, so here, what's going on, Butter B? I'm good. How are you? That was a great intro. Well, you know how I do it. You know, I like to make sure the guest is well, 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 you know, introduced. It's kind of like giving people their flowers while they are here. You know, so you got to be like, you got to let people know that you are appreciated, you are loved. I appreciate it. So, you know, I'm happy to have this opportunity because you have done so much in your short lifespan because I, I like to say that because you, you're barely 40 plus years old so you're a young woman still you know you've done so much you work with so many iconic people in the past and you're still doing a lot of amazing things right now so what is your drive what keeps you going on a day-to-day basis what is that for you to get up and go every day my my aunt is my children you know i want them to be able to look at me and be you know proud of everything that i'm doing and so they give me the drive to keep going, even when I feel low and don't want to go. And that's your why. Like, kids is always the reason to get up and go. So with so much going on in the world right now, you shot a, 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 a music video, you've done movies, talk about those things. In the midst of a pandemic, you still was able to be very productive. Absolutely. I just recorded and introduced to the world my new single called Strange Love. It's a music video. 
and it it really takes you back to the A when you see the music video and when you listen to the song. It gives you the elements of the ninth when it was that real good soul music and everything. So, you know, the single is out right now. Also, during the pandemic, I mean, so many things has happened in this pandemic, but I just completed two movies. I'm now cast for three other movies where one of them, I'm doing the back and forth Aaliyah story where I am playing Little Kim. So <laughs> I'm excited about oh, that. Man, you're going to kill that. She's one of my favorite artists as well, hip-hop. I know you're going to bang that roll out, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. I've really been challenging myself because most people know me just from the music and all of the things that I've accomplished in my music career. And, you know, I've been on stage plenty of times, of course, performing and touring, but also as a playwright, you know, I've been on stage and been in other people's plays and everything. But now taking it to the big screen was a transition and something that I'm really learning and, and loving behind the scenes, you know, stepping into my other elements. <laughs> Taking a pause for the calls, it's your girl, Butter B. Rocker. I'm going to give you a little bit of butter all day. <laughs> this is one of my singles entitled Play by the Rules. Like I like to say, COVID-21, now you're still dealing with it. 
in this year do you think it helped pivot you to the next level as far as um, movies and everything like that absolutely I do but if I can take it back a little a little bit in 2019 I actually ended up having to have surgery on my knee I had a torn meniscus torn ACL and a dislocated shoulder I was getting ready for a show overseas and didn't get to make it because of this injury and everything so that kept me having to stay still for a little while this is even before the COVID stuff hit so for a whole year I was doing physical therapy three times a week I couldn't work I couldn't tour I was still in college about to graduate my son was a senior about to graduate from high school so a lot of things were happening and music has been my only source of income for years since 2007 I've been touring all over the world so that I think is the thing that really stopped and had me to pivot to figure out okay so if you can't tour how are you gonna pay your bills and what are you gonna do through that the podcast came the magazine came and just start writing you know and and I'm such a creative being I can't sit still. So if I can't be on stage, I got to figure out some type of production, some type of work, you know, that I could do. When COVID hit, it's so crazy because I got the, the clearing in April, which would have been a whole year, April 2020, would have been a whole year, and then I could start touring again. So I had all these dates lined up for me to get back on tour, and then the industry hit with the COVID. And so, you know, had to pivot again. <laughs> but I was already mentally prepared, whereas everybody else was a little more caught off guard of, of not knowing what to do, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, it makes absolutely perfect sense because high performers, uh, high productive individuals, they're going to, they have a very uh, growth mindset. So they saw this as an opportunity to pivot in the right direction. They didn't, they didn't let the situation control them or paralyze them physically, mentally, emotionally. They found opportunities in there. They start to write more. They start to work out more. They start to be super productive and even increase their finances in the process. So many amazing things happened during the process of COVID-19 and 21. We're also in the midst of so many bad things happened too. Um, unemployment skyrocketed. A lot of people lost loved ones. So grief was on the high. Domestic violence is on the high. Emotional eating, you know, alcohol consumption, so many things. But you didn't let all that stuff bother you because you're a high performer. You was able to uh, make some other moves. Like I saw images of you on social media on uh, in Times Square with Mark Cuban. And uh, Gene Simmons, so you didn't talk about that unless you're just being <laughs> very modest. You know, I was like, oh, you're in Times Square right now, you know. So, and anybody know about Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban is the owner of Mavericks. You know, we're talking about billionaire status. Then you talk about um, Gene Simmons, who was a founding member of KISS. No, the legendary rock and roll group KISS. So how did that come about? That was definitely a blessing. I got a call to be a part of the economics empowerment through entrepreneurship. And like you were saying, it was Mark Cuban, owner of, I mean, one of the members of Shark Tank, Gene Simmons, Lynn Whitfield, MC Light, Ellis Hall. There were so many people. And it was cool to be a part of this Save Summit. But the biggest part for me was that they put me on the billboard with them in Times Square. <laughs> you know, me, butter. <laughs> in, in the middle of Times Square. With Why not? Win with the, I know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Why not me? But, you know, it, it was definitely a surreal moment and, and definitely something that I was super proud about and all excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you actually um, performed all together with L.A. too. Talk about that because this was another big program out there in L.A. that featured, you know, um, performers, actors like Jack Black and uh, Lisa Milano and, you know, um, E. Paul Rogers, Boosie Collins. You know, your name was on, a, on that big ticket as well. That was another huge moment for me, you know, getting that phone call to be a part of it. Sheila E. was there. One of the things that was really cool is I came on right after Dionne Ward. And so when Dionne Ward was talking, they had my information saying, coming up next, Butterbee Rockers. So I ran to the TV, took pictures, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe them. They got me right after Dionne Ward. I mean, it was really cool, you know, to be a part of it. All of this 
being being on stage doing something that you really love and then being recognized by so many big people you know that have paved the way is definitely an honor yeah i mean you you've worked with some of the iconic performers and individuals entertainers around the world you know just the name you akon tlc kanye west nas collective soul you know uh man you just you work with uh, just those names alone right there is that the standard and raise the bar for yourself so who um would you mind working with in the future i also had the the opportunity of working with miss janet jackson too so that that one was definitely a dream come true as well. One of the artists that I would love to work with, I love Stevie Wonder, I love Bruno Mars, Chrisette Michelle, and I would definitely love to do a song with Outkast. Now, I've heard um, your rendition of Chrisette Michelle. Um, what's the name of the song? Couple of Forever. Yeah, you did a beautiful take on that. Anybody, you can go on YouTube right now and, and, and research that song by Butterfly Walker, her redemption of Cassette uh, Mattel. It's a beautiful remake of that. Y'all have to go check that out. So who, what type of producers that you wouldn't mind, uh, who you would love to work with? I've always wanted to work with Timbaland. You know, he's he's been at the top of my list for a good minute now. I also wouldn't mind working with a classic like Babyface as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your take on the music industry today versus when you started out uh, 10, mm. 20 years it's definitely different because, you know, back in the day there was artist development. I think, and I know this is probably going to sound strange, but it was like more... It was more authentic music. Nowadays, all of the songs kind of sound alike. Everybody is trying to be like everybody else. Well, music-wise, you know, when one, I guess, I guess in some terms, when one thing is working, you want to stay that way. But it doesn't just differentiate you from the other person. That you you can't stand out that way. So I think back in the day, one of the things that I liked is you knew who Outkast was. You knew who, you know, just different people, you knew who they were because of their sound. They didn't change to go with the times they were themselves. Taking another pause for the calls, it's your girl Butter B. Rocka, baby. This is my current single entitled Strange Love that is out right now. Make sure you guys check out the video, download the song. Let's go.
Now, switching, switching speeds right quick. Is it true that you graduated top of your class at Ashford University and you made history as the only, the first black female president? I went to Ashford University and became the first black female for the for the Golden Key High Honor International Society. That's what it was. <laughs> wow. What did that feel like to you when you found out? It was, honestly, it was really cool because... I went back to school. I, I, I have a degree in computer information systems, and then I was going through my divorce, and I needed something to channel my anxiety of going through this divorce and everything, so I needed something. So I went back to school, and I was trying to figure out what did I want to do. So I ended up going back to school for marketing and PR. I got a double major. The getting straight A's and everything, I don't even know. I don't even know how I got straight A's. Well, I know how I got I worked my butt off, but it was it was challenging because I was torn a lot overseas, and you're dealing with time zones, you're dealing with all of these different elements, you know, all while having to turn in papers, get these grades, raising my boys and everything. So when I got the phone call to join the International High Honor Society, the Golden Key High Honor Society, they called, they contact the top three percent of the the colleges, and they contacted me. So I was just thrilled to even get that invite to, you know, join the the people. But then they turned it they turned around and they flew me to New Orleans and while I was there they told me that they wanted me to be the president. And then that's when I found out that I would be making history and would become the very first black female president. That uh, on top of that, you performed for um the Prime Minister of the Bahamas? Yes, yes. I have actually I've had the honors of performing in front of a lot of royalty people and, and big high end people. I did the inaugural ball. I performed in Dominican Republic in front of over ten thousand plus people. I performed for the Georgia Coalition of Black Women where they had Doctor Bernice King, Ambassador Andrew Young, Doctor Joseph E. Lowry, the congressmen and women were there. I mean it's just been an amazing ride and when I performed in Bahamas for the Prime Minister that was like a, a big highlight for me because they also had a lot of different princesses there and everybody stood up and was clapping and crying at the same time it was just a movement in that room and it was you know an honor to be called there yeah I saw a video snippet of it on YouTube and on Facebook when I was researching some things and uh, I saw the crowd moving. It seemed like the spirit was really in somebody. And a few people after you were singing, I while you were singing, I was like, wow, really, this is really moving. This is really touching. But on top of that, you know, you, you know, you, you performed with uh, Randy Jackson, uh, Wesley Snipes, you know, Les Brown. You know, it's just like the name, Mario Lopez. I think this was at the, um, at the city gala. And these individuals, in case you don't know, you know, they're great actors and actresses themselves, you know, um, Les Brown, everybody knows who that is. They've worked with so many people, you know, and it just, you have an amazing story, you have an amazing uh, life and so much that you're doing. And what, what do you think of some of the things that you want to do but you haven't done yet? What are, the, what are those, just name one or two. I'm ready to be on the big screen, you know, in a in a in a big production. So that's that's on the top of my list right now is becoming SAG and getting on some big major projects on film. But not only, you know, on the screen but also in the music side of it as well. Yeah. So you you you're saying like, Oh, I'm gonna be on the big screen and I'm gonna be on the movie soundtrack as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I just did, like I said, I, I just completed two two movies. One of them, I'm going to be on the soundtrack. And then on the Aaliyah Back and Forth story, I'm going to be on that soundtrack as well. So I'm definitely excited about those because you get to see me in two different lights. Yeah. And, and you know, you're, 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 so, you're such a talented woman that you're able to do that. You know, Thank just you. imagine. Not, and not a lot of actresses can do both, you know, like, hey, I can act and I can sing the song for my scene, I can, you know, draw uh, lyrics from the movie and put a put a put out a bang on the soundtrack, like, that's double dipping in the movie 
that on <laughs> the movie thing. That's, right. <laughs> that's how you do it. Now you've been everywhere, right? UK, right. Germany, Holland, Japan, Canada, Portugal, the Caribbean Islands, Chile, Puerto Rico, Antigua, and throughout Africa, Spain, Bahamas, Aruba, Hawaii, Dominican Republic. What was what was the standout country for you? I think the very, the standout for me was Africa when I toured. Addis Ababa because that was my very first tour. I had had a lot of offers for tours, but they they either the contracts didn't make sense, it was the wrong timing, or whatever the case may be. Going over to Addis Ababa, that was you know amazing. One, I was able to bring over my family. I was there on a three-month tour. I ended up going back twice, so I ended up doing six months total. But the place was absolutely amazing. It was totally different from what I imagined in my mind that it would be. I saw, like, donkeys and chickens on the side of the road and goats on the side of the roads on the sidewalks and stuff. You, you normally see dogs outside, but no, I saw donkeys and goats and chickens. And you would see what you would say would probably be like a $300,000 home. You'll see like five of those, and then you'll see 10 hut homes, or you'll see mud homes. And you'll see a big tin, like a bowl, where they're pouring water in it in the front yard or in the backyard, and they're using that to wash their clothes. They're using that to take baths. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff, and it was beautiful, you know? I think when you go overseas, you appreciate your life. We went over to the Blue Nile River, and the children was walking beside us asking for pins. They had no shoes on their feet. So when I, I told you I went back twice. So when I went back the second time, I came over there with school supplies, and I came over there with flip-flops. And they was appreciative. You give us some flip-flops, we like, what is this? <laughs> you give me a pen or a pencil, you're like, I don't want this. So, you know, it just makes you appreciate life. I have a lot of friends, you know, over here from Africa. And, you know, uh, one of my friends, a woman, she was, I was managing, she's from uh, Nigeria, and she was eating all the cookies and cakes. I said, why are you eating so many sweets? She said, you don't understand, you know, you need to have all these things over there. Because we, we were born and raised in this country, we take things for granted. Do you have another play that you're in development of making right now? Because I know you had a play before with some of the biggest um, R&B singers in, in the country. Like, um, Do you have another play in the works? Or tell us a little bit more about your first play that you wrote. Okay. Yeah, my first play that I wrote is called I Cheated So What? And I had the pleasure of having Mr. Christopher Williams, who, you know, is iconic. Jessica Reedy, Rico Barino, Dina Had, and Robert Curry from Day 26, and it was it was a, a wonderful experience, you know, to go. This is what I always say: going from paper, no, going from thought to paper, and then it turning into an actual play that other people are now taking your words, you know, giving it life was amazing because I had always been on the opposite side of just, you know, being the actor on the stage for plays. So taking, writing my first play was, was major. And on top of that, writing my first play and having six national recording artists. And we got called into Magic 107.6 here in Atlanta, Georgia. So it was on mainstream, you know, radio and everything. And hearing the commercials and hearing them introduce me as a first time playwright, <laughs> you know, it was it was an amazing accomplishment. The place that we had it at was the Clayton County Performing Art. It held a thousand people. We had seven hundred and seventy five people that came. So we did really good. That's awesome. So let's talk about your own Transparency Talk podcast. You're syndicated right now in Nigeria, South Africa, Italy, Canada. How did you get, you know, so involved with, you know, the podcast industry, um, being able to promote, to excuse me, to promote your music, independent artist music? I mean, how did that transition? You know, it's definitely been a blessing. That that happened during COVID. You know, I can't tour, so let me interview my friends in the music industry. <laughs> that that was my thought process at the time. It was, let me interview my friends and get very transparent because people see a national recording artist and 
they think that they're not human all of a sudden I don't know why that is but they think that they don't have problems they think that they don't have struggles or whatever the case may be you know when I get interviewed they give they give me the raw so you know I've been fortunate enough to interview a lot of great people that have worked on a lot of projects some of them are recording artists a lot of them are Grammy producers and different things like that so it's definitely been an honor you know in a short time it's, it's been less it's been a year I think it's either been a year or less than a year that I've had Transparency Talk podcast you know and um to have it syndicated on a lot of different stations you know like you just mentioned I'm, I'm over in Japan now I'm in Italy I'm in London what up London <laughs> I'm over in South Africa I'm in Nigeria I'm in Detroit I'm in Atlanta I feel like I'm missing some platy and if I am I'm so sorry just off the top of my head those are the places that I'm in and it's definitely been a blessing I mean you know I'm, I'm like that portal right now that's able to bridge independent artists as well as national recording artists now maybe because I'm also an independent artist I have a soft spot for indie artists because I feel like you know we need we need places to be able to get our stuff out so I play more indie artists than anything I feel like just like a major you only get out there when your music continues to get played and if I keep playing it then somebody else keeps playing it then somebody else keeps playing it that can possibly help that artist you know get out there more and you know then all of a sudden you start hearing them on the regular radio so I, I really I really try to push indie artists as much as I can and give them a platform but of course I do play national recording artists as well but you know on top of that the blessing for you is like even as an independent artist you still was able to get your music recognized on Billboard with hip hop and Pitchfork you know, Pitchfork they both uh, did an amazing write up on you how did you feel when you both when you received both of those write ups on your, on your song it was definitely amazing I mean every artist whether they're independent or they're major artists want to be on Billboard Hip Hop everybody <laughs> you know and to get that recognition as an artist to watch and have them do a write up on me also Pitchfork is a big magazine for, for musicians and everything to be on that level and in those magazines along with my peers that I look up to you know it's definitely a blessing I saw it on Billboard's hip hop and I said what is about to be and the music strange love was really really banging on that but pretty but on no prize to that you made a song called Promise Land that I right. really like Promise Land to me I still feel is one of those songs that can really unite the world and help people heal so how did you come up with that song? You know, Promised Land is definitely a, a song that's near and dear to me. I got called by the lady that hired me to sing for the Prime Minister of Bahamas, over in Bahamas. She called me and she said, look, we're, we're going to be doing this Africa tour where they was going to, it was starting in Ghana, they was going to Nigeria. They basically were going to be merging all of these different kings and their kingdoms and having like a unity type of conference together. And so, you know, of course, I was honored to get the call, you know, to, I was going to be among all these different kings and princesses and stuff like that. So I was super excited. And knowing that I was going to be going on this tour, and it was, it was a five-month tour, knowing that I was going to be on this tour, I wanted to create a song that would resonate with everybody and show unity. So I created this song called Promised Land, where I'm definitely talking about everybody is royal. And um, they loved the song. It got a lot of press and everything. And then COVID hit, and we had to push the tour back. So hopefully the tour is going to start soon, but they had to push everything back, and I'm definitely looking forward to getting out there. Uniting the kings in Africa is a big thing, you know, and your, your song that you created, that, that you wrote yourself, was going to be celebrated among different kings and uh, countries in Africa that really, you know, I mean, that's, what, what's that feeling about when, when they, you know, what was your emotional connection, your first emotion, when they said, your song is so beautiful, this is the song that we are electing to unite the kings. 
what was your first emotional connection to that to that news? I'm gonna be honest with you. When I first got the phone call, I started crying. I had to gain my composure, you know, because it it was an honor, you know, to know that they have so many national recording artists that were calling them to submit songs and everything, but they chose my song. And it was a song that I really, you know, wrote from the heart and and genuinely was talking about unifying us all. You know, we all bleed the same. You know, we we all have feelings. We all hurt. And I really touched on a lot of things, and it was it was an honor to get that phone call. So we're going to take another pause for the calls. I am your girl, Butterbee Rocker. This is a very special song to me. This is my song. Make sure you check out the music video entitled Promised Land.
There are several ways you can tune in to Transparency Talks podcasts, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to ButterBeRocka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at ButterBeRocka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. So let's, let's talk about your foundation because I did not know that there were so many homeless college students in the Atlanta area. And it's just, it just, it just, just Atlanta. Like, we don't know different cities, different, you know, states. It could be more homeless college students. But to me, it just doesn't seem like um, it should be any homeless college students. It doesn't seem like it goes together. How did you right. come up with that? You know, I mean, what was that, that moment for you? You'd be like, what? And, you know, yeah. and, you know, explain that. Well, what happened is I got, I did a show, and when I got off stage and was packing up to leave and everything, a lady was outside, and she was asking for money. She proceeded to tell me that she was in college making straight A's and that she had a scholarship. And I'm like, well, if you have a scholarship, then I'm, you know, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of confused on what's going on right now. So come to find out, she went to Kennesaw State, and they have a CARE program. It's called CARE. They have over 1,100 students that were currently homeless, where they were either couch hopping or going, um, which is going dorm to dorm, sleeping on the couches, couch hopping, or they were sleeping in their cars. In her situation, she got to couch hop for a little while and then eventually had to start sleeping in her car. She was eating out of the dumpster behind the, the uh, cafeteria and she was taking showers in the gym. You know, when that didn't work, she was going out on the streets asking for money. And I was so baffled, you know, because I was in college and I couldn't imagine trying to maintain straight A's you know and still and have to worry about where I'm going to sleep what I'm going to eat that type of thing so you know having a platform I'm already singing anyway it's like why shouldn't I why can't I give back I I started my foundation Artist Rock the Mic Foundation and began, began doing these different shows partnered with a lot of different companies we gave a $2,000 check to the school Kennesaw State We've given them over 600 coats, over 300 blankets, a little over 300 canned goods. I mean, we've done a lot of work, and it just so happened other companies start coming to us. When they had that water pipe burst and all that stuff, that situation up there, they needed some more water. So we teamed up with Steve Harvey's foundation and got waters and BB&T Bank and got waters and everything and then people would come to the concerts and they would drop off waters or they would drop off their coats and different things we also worked with I Will Survive where we got gas cards for the cancer patients to get them back and forth to their cancer sessions for their chemo and we got them scarves for their heads and books and and, uh, CDs to you know clear their minds and help elevate them so we've done a lot of different things you know for the community but you've been doing a lot of different things for the community but you've also been doing a lot of different things for the world too like you mentioned africa you did things over there and you're doing some things with the foundations over in la the care acts you know especially with covid and then artists and entertainers who are out of work because of covid you know you help raise uh, money for them with Jack Black. So you always been in the middle of, you know, giving, you know, and not really receiving. But 
the, the, the blessing of giving, that's the receiving part as well, you know. So you've always been in the middle of, of really helping others. It's such a big deal. Now, speaking of helping others, you, did a, you, you, you wrote a book that went number one bestseller on Amazon within seven hours. And, you know, the title of it, and I'm trying to tie it all together. The title of it is Fear of Failure, um, Fear of Not Trying. You know, and it's like that sharing your story of triumph, setbacks, you know, you didn't let it stop you, you didn't let it, you know, paralyze you emotionally and mentally as well. And the book actually helped motivate a lot of people who may have been struggling with some things, but they didn't know how to find a footing. They didn't know how to deal with a lot of their fear, facing this fear. So how did you come up with this number one bestseller? on Amazon right now. I was doing a show in Florida in Fort Lauderdale and there was this guy talking and he said, write your story, tell your story, tell your story. And a lot of people had said that. It was something I've always wanted to do in the back of my mind but didn't know where to start, didn't know how to start or anything like that. And it was something about when he said it. You know, I, it, I kind of reference like a smoker you could tell a smoker stop smoking stop smoking it's not good for you you can say it as many times as you want but it's not until they're ready to actually stop so at this point I guess I was ready to receive because I heard him and I heard him loud and clear and it felt like I was the only person in the room that he said that to so he said tell your story and I was scared to tell my story I was scared to be transparent I was scared to tell people my failures because people see you know they see me on tour they see me working with all these major artists and doing all these things and here I here I go I'm ready to be vulnerable and tell you my failures and tell you you know my struggles and everything so I was terrified to put to put that on paper I was scared to talk about it um I was scared to you know tell tell people about my failed marriage and the different things that happened but I had to step into my own truth and it actually was therapeutic for me to release it. Did you have a fear of releasing it at first? Absolutely. I was I had a fear of what people would say. I had a fear that no one would support it. You know, who wants to read my book? Like it was so many things that I self sabotaged myself, you know, before I did it. But that day that I heard him, I said, Okay, I'm ready. So I had to, I went to Fort Lauderdale, had that show. And then two days later, I had to go over to Hawaii so for a tour. So we went over to Hawaii, and we ended up staying five days extra because of a storm. Well, during that storm, for four days, I stayed in the room and wrote my book, you know, and poured my heart out. I had room service come keep bringing my food and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote I didn't know how to start so I just started and then next thing I know I'm on the next page and I'm on the next page and you know I just kept taking baby steps but, but telling my truth telling my truth so like I said in four days I wrote the book when I came home from the tour I had to get the, get the title and the design and you know get it formatted and all that type of stuff those were all new things that I had to learn you know how to do and I had to get help to doing them and you know the book came out and I definitely on my pre-order because my book came out in May I put a pre-order where people could pre-order the book in April and within seven hours it became an Amazon bestseller and that's the release. Awesome man that's such an inspiration. Now I remember reading something that you had surgery so I'm looking at the timeline I'm like did she write this book while she was injured and yes. still working on tour? Wow. <laughs> okay so what, ha- what had happened with it I was not supposed to go on this tour to be honest with you. You know I wasn't supposed to go. I had a, a brace on my knee and I had a slingshot on my my arm and everything but I still had two tours that I had to still do overseas and I did not want to tell them that I was hurt and you know I still had this contract and not only that you know I had background singers who were depending on going on these tours to pay their bills so I didn't tell them that I got hurt when I got to (laughs) 
it's crazy. I didn't go. I didn't go with the cast that they gave me. I, I bought a little small little knee brace that goes just on the just on the the knee part. And in the airport, I would have to do the wheelchair. <laughs> when I would get overseas, I had on long dresses because you couldn't see the brace. And I went straight to my room and didn't come out until it was time for my show. And then when it was time for my show, I had no range of motion in my left shoulder, so I would have to sit down or stand up in just one place head on a long dress so you couldn't tell that I was hurt but I didn't do a lot of movement I couldn't so I would use my right hand and do big movements or to use my my right leg and you know kick my leg and all this stuff but I was standing in one spot and then I would have the girls my my singers they were dancing around me and stuff like that so that's how I was able to get away with it but I was in a lot of pain I would get off stage and have to take pills and go immediately elevate my legs. (laughs) But I couldn't get out of the contract. Yeah. You know, um, when I listen to that, and I think about elite athletes, whatever sport they're playing, as injuries happen all the time, like that torn meniscus, torn ACL, and surgery, or even pre or post surgery, even before the games. Like you look at athletic performers like Michael Jordan. You know he played with sprained ankle. You know, uh, won championships. You know, people go out there and they play hard. And that don't be. It's no difference with you. You know, judging by what you're saying, you went out there and you performed. You masked the pain, but you knew that your team were relying on you to perform because they need, you know, you, you was feeding people, you know, and they feeding their families. So going to tour to Hawaii and all that stuff like that, you know, they depending on their money, right? Right. So when I, when I listen to you, I compare you to those elite athletes who do the same thing. You know, you, you really endure the pain and took it to the next level for yourself and you sacrifice yourself for the team members and that says a lot about your mental tenacity and your grit and your ability to make sure that you know you're good your family is good you know you, you you're able to see the bigger picture i can't imagine being on the plane with a bus in the end about the shoulder you know? yeah it was it was difficult i'm not gonna lie and then even with on the water you know on top of me being hurt, I'm in heels on water <laughs> trying to dance or at this point just trying to hold on and keep my composure and not fall, not tip over because the last thing I wanted to do was hurt myself even more. Your timeline from now uh, from 2019 recovery, surgery, recovery, rehab, then COVID, like you've done all these different things, and you also created a magazine called the Defiant One Senior Magazine. Now, all that is doing the process of your recovery and COVID at the same time, right? Right. Okay, so let me stop you for your answer. So we're talking about tours. We're talking about best-selling books. We're talking about music videos that you put on. You're talking about movies that you put on. You're talking about um, your magazine, your podcast. You're doing everything around, you know, all the entertainment industries, right? Like, like you really are 360. You gave yourself a 360 deal in the midst of a pandemic and an injury. Do, do you recognize how important it is or how strong you have to be to do that when you put it that way I, I recognize it and I see it because yeah, a lot of times you can't see the big picture when you're in the frame but it takes other people to look inward from outside and, and do their research and say wow she's you know in the midst of two years pandemic and recovery and stuff like that you really accomplish a lot as an independent you know you didn't have to you don't have the big machine behind you but as an independent artists look all the work that you put in all the things that you're accomplished so somebody say you know finding you is finding a treasure yeah the universe has to catch up with it so talk about the magazine the magazine is called defiant ones team magazine it's a magazine for teens by teens that my sons created and i'm the editor-in-chief they highlight of course other teens and young adults that are doing major things in the industry from acting to rappers and and various people like that 
But the thing that I really love about the magazine is they discuss financial literacy for teens and young adults, the health and wellness and mental attitudes of teens. They talk about bullying, sex trafficking, school. They talk about a lot of different things that schools don't talk about. And it has been published on over 365 major publications. They've had some from NFL, Disney stars, Nickelodeon, Netflix, American Idol. I mean, they've had so many people that they featured that contacted us to be a part of the magazine. And all of this has happened within a year, you know. And from from their very first magazine issue to the last one, it has been a major artist or a major actor that has contacted us. How many publications has you put out so far with the man? I want to say they're on the eighth one right now. Uh-huh. It's either eight or nine. And y'all yeah. putting together it all yourself, y'all independently again. Yes. At first, I was doing the different designs, and that was a challenge because I had never done a magazine. I had written for magazines before, but I had never, you know, formatted and actually did the editing and did you know did everything so I had to learn how to do it and then once we learned how to do it then my boys my youngest son start taking over and so now I just go and go back and check everything before it comes to press you know but it was a process definitely yeah how can somebody be a sponsor they can contact us at defiantonesmag at gmail.com you know I've learned so much about you. This is an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, woman here. I mean, this is about to be rocker. You want information, more information about this amazing soul, about to be rocker. Go to her website, www.butterberocker.com, and see all the things that she's doing. Now, however, you're going to have to do a little bit more research because a lot of things that she's done is not on the website, but, you know, she's... You know, uh, best-selling Amazon author. She's a playwright. She has podcast transparency talks in Nigeria, Africa, Detroit, Italy, Canada, just to name a few. You know, has a nonprofit artist brought the mice that helps countless homeless college students. You know, she's a playwright. You know, a couple and uh, three different movies coming up. Scripts are coming in for her. She's an actress as well. You know, she does such amazing work. So. But I tell everybody any final words of encouragement, inspiration as far as being independent, as far as being a woman, a mother, whatever you want to say, and tell everybody how they can follow you and get in contact with you. Definitely. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for being my co-host and interviewing me because, like I said, a lot of people have asked about me, and it's kind of hard to talk about yourself, you know, without it looking like either you're bragging or boasting. So... I appreciate you interviewing me so that my people on Transparency Talks that's listening can get a sense of who I am. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I would leave people with never let someone else define who you are, you know. And for so long, I let other people say who or what they thought I was, was, and I accepted that to be true. I finally got to a point when I said, I'm going to bet on myself. You know, I'm going to take that step. And since I took that step, I have been living. I am going for every single thing in this world that I want in life because life owes me that, you know. You know, the Steve Harveys and all of these people, they go after everything that they want. You know, they're doing, they're, they have their hands in everything, in different things, in different things, and it's okay. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to grow. You're supposed to want more. You know, I challenge myself. I might not know everything to do. I might not have all of the answers, but at least I'm trying and at least I'm going for it. You know, so if I want to write that book, I'm going to write that book. If I want to write that movie, I'm writing that movie. You know, whatever it is, I'm going for it. And how I look at it is if I fail, I'm going to fail for it. So that's what I leave with everybody. You guys can follow me and get more information. You know, follow me on all of my social media at ButterBeRocka. That's B-U-T-T-A, B as in boy, R-O-C-K-A, ButterBeRocka. Um, you can also go to my website, www.ButterBeRocka.com. Also follow me at Transparency Talks Podcast 
on all of social media. So with that being said, you guys, we are out of here. Thanks again to our sponsors at O'Brien Garage Door. Visit them today at O'BrienDoor.com. Once again, that's O'BrienDoor.com.